Thank you, Pastor Anna. And for, I'm, I'm excited about our uh, seasonal groups and our life groups starting in the fall. So we start getting that information out to you right away. And uh, we hope that you're planning to connect. Uh, we are a church that gathers groups and gives and goes, and, and grouping is very much a part of who we are and how we, uh, how we fulfill our, our relationship with Jesus Christ. There's over 56 one another verses in the Bible in the New Testament where it says we're to pray for one another, love one another, serve one another, be hospitable towards each other. And it's in these life groups that we have that opportunity to fulfill God's will. So we hope that you'll be a part of that. And there is this richness that comes into your life when you are connected. When you come to church and you do have a life group, uh, there are people here that you know. It's not such a big, voluminous crowd. There's people here that you know. And, uh, and then there's, we do life together. We, I was at a party the other day for someone's 50th, and I was on the dance floor with some of my group members, males. It's a men's group. But we were just enjoying like being on the dance floor and, and encouraging or just loving uh, being together and having fun and doing life together. And uh, I remember at one point, you know, we were like getting a picture of our group together and it was just a fun night. Doing life together is what we do here at The Bridge. And I think it's important that we, we integrate our whole lives into one, not just church life and other life, but it's all integrated. And God means for us to live as light and as salt in this world. And uh, that means that we're to integrate well into all aspects of life. So bless you in your connections. Bless you as you love on one another. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to continue on in our series on being you. And uh, this series started last week. And I want to just share something with you. It's a resource that is for you. But it's, uh, it's something, it's a book called Shape, interestingly enough, and it's written by Eric Rees. And he takes the very same curriculum that we're working through in this series, and he takes you through each one of the letters in the acrostic shape, S-H-A-P-E, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences, and he's written an entire book on it. So you can look it up. It's Eric Rees, and it's called Shape. And it's called Finding and Fulfilling Your Unique Purpose for Life. So very similar to what it is that we're doing, the journey that we're on. And uh, last week I took you to Psalm 139. I want to just repeat this verse. There's three verses that are key related to this subject of our origination or our origin. And in our origin, we learned last week that we are original. And in our originality, we are meant to find our orientation. We are meant to find our path. We are meant to fulfill God's purposes in an incredibly unique way. Here's what Psalm 139 says. It says, you, God, created every part of me. You put me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It's amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous. King David saying that. Your workmanship, God, is marvelous. Do you look in the mirror and say, oh man, God, your workmanship is marvelous. I hope that you do that because it really is. And then Job, Job 10, 8, in the good news says, your hands, O God, formed and shaped me. 
Your hands, O God, formed and shaped me. And so we get that word shaped, and we've made an acrostic out of it, and we're taking some verses throughout the entire New Testament that speak to us of the fact that God has gifted us by his spirit. And I'm going to talk to you about how that happens today. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is one of the great famous verses in the Bible that speaks to us about our spiritual gifts. Here's what it says. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Kind of love that. I love how the Apostle Paul like, just puts it out there right away. Like, you should not be uninformed. You should not be walking in ignorance on this issue. You should not be walking in ignorance on this issue. Paul says, I I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. In other words, we used to give ourselves over to something other than a live, powerful God. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. So what the Apostle Paul is setting us up for, he's saying, look at whatever you have in God, whatever you have in Jesus, whatever you have in your Christian experience is because the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Paul's saying that there was a time and there was a place when the Holy Spirit communed with your spirit, woke you up spiritually. Woke you up spiritually. And he's saying that whatever it is that you have, you have because the Spirit of God lives within you. That's what Paul is saying here. There used to be a pagan, but you're not a pagan anymore. You're not a godless creature anymore. You are someone who has connected with God's spirit and as a person who has connected with God's spirit, you need to be informed on a few things. You need to realize that because you're connected to God's spirit, there's some certain things going on in your life and you need to not walk in ignorance related to those things. So he says, I want you to know. I want you to know. Several times, Paul says, I want you to know. He goes on to say in verse 4, here's what I want you to know. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit who distributes them. So we all have the Spirit of God upon us, but we have all been gifted. There's an originality and there's a uniqueness in the way in which each one of us have been gifted. So there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit who distributes them. Who distributes the gifts? Who distributes the gifts? The Spirit. And there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So why does God give us gifts? Why does he empower us with special abilities? Paul just got finished saying to us, for the common good. It's for the common good that you and I have been gifted. It's okay to do a little bit of navel-gazing here and to look within and to wonder 
God, how have you gifted me? What gifts have you given me? And you can unwrap that, and you can, you can learn that, and we're going to go into it a little bit more this morning, but why? Why has God given you these gifts for the common good? For the common good. So to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing of spirits, to another speaking in different tongues, and to still another interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So there is God's sovereignty. And what is God's sovereignty? God's sovereignty is simply this. He chooses. He chooses. So in God's choosing, he has gifted you. And we're going to talk about how that happens. So spiritual gifts, meaning endowments and abilities that are originating in God, nine times in this particular text that tells us that the spirit is the source. That's why we call them spiritual gifts. The spirit is the source of this giftedness. And the Bible tells us that when we give our life to Jesus, he gives us three things. The first thing he gives us is eternal life. When I open my life to Jesus Christ, instantly I am given eternal life. The wages of sin is death, the Bible says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the first gift that we receive in our relationship with Jesus Christ is our forever is cared for. We are eternal beings, and we have an eternal destiny the moment we accept Jesus Christ. The line between heaven and earth is gone, and the Bible says we now become consumed by his kingdom and heavenly agenda even here upon this earth. So we have an eternal life to live out, and it's been given to us by Jesus Christ. The second gift that he gives us is literally his spirit. The second gift that God gives us is his spirit. And the moment I give my life to Jesus, God gives his spirit to me, and he lives inside of me. And the Bible says God has given us a spirit, the spirit, to fill our hearts with love. And he'll never leave you, and he'll never leave you alone. God is with you from every point on after you give your life to Christ. There is not a more intimate faith than the Christian faith. Jesus takes up residence in your heart by his spirit and he literally inscribes his will, the Bible says. He writes it upon your heart. God is with you from every point on after you give your life to Christ. The Holy Spirit is in your life. Now, most of us, we know about these two gifts in our lives, the gift of eternal life and the gift of God's spirit living within us. But there's a third gift, that the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, there is a third gift that comes into your life, a special ability to use for God's purpose. That's the gift. Romans 12, 6 says, God has given each of us the ability to do certain things Well, 
God has given us the ability to do certain things well. In the New English Version, it says the gifts that we possess differ as they are allotted to us by God's grace and must be exercised accordingly. So Paul at the outset says, I don't want you to be uninformed or ill-informed. I don't want you to walk in ignorance. Jesus has given you three gifts. First, eternal life. Secondly, he has given you his spirit. And thirdly, he has given you an ability, an enhanced or a a, a uh, spirit-inspired and endowed ability. This is what we've been given in God. When you're saved, when you become a believer, a follower of Christ, God gives you a brand new purpose for living, a new life's purpose. And he's never asked you to do something that he doesn't give you the resource to do it. So these spiritual gifts are literally the resources that God gives the church in order for us to fulfill his heavenly agenda here on earth. So the Bible has a lot to say about spiritual gifts. There are at least 20 of them listed in scripture. And we couldn't even define them all in the time allotted, but the Bible says that every Christian gets at least one gift. At least one. He doesn't give you maybe 10 gifts. He may not give you my gift, but you have your gift. And every single one of us has been given one gift. It's different from a natural ability. We're gonna talk about ability in a couple of weeks. But we're talking about a spiritual gift, it's a special gift, or it's a gift that is absolutely connected to the fulfillment of God's purposes. So when you were born physically, you were given some physical gifts, you were able to taste, you were able to hear, you were able to see, you were able to smell. And God gives you physical gifts when you are physically born. And when you are born again, which means you've connected with Jesus in a life salvation way. And when you're born again, you are spiritually reborn, and God gives you some spiritual abilities to bless the common good. This is what God has done in Christ Jesus. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it says, all these are the work of the one and same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. You don't choose. They're given by grace. You don't earn the gift. It's just God's free gift to you. So there's several lists of these gifts in the Bible, and I don't think they're exhaustive. I think that they're actually exemplary. I think the list is much larger than the number that are as actually mentioned in the Bible. I think there are just examples of giftedness and endowments that God gives us. Anytime you're serving God and you're blessing others using the skills that he has given you, you are functioning and demonstrating giftedness. So it's important to understand the gifts that God has given you. Why is it important? Why is it important for you to know your spiritual gift? Because God has given you one, and if I'm a Christian, I have at least one. Why is it important to know? I'll give you three reasons. Number one, my gifts show God's plan for my life. My gifts show God's plan for my life. Number two, my gifts show self-worth, have everything to do with the basis of true self-esteem. And then number three, my gifts are a key fulfillment factor 
in my life. So I'm going to go through each one of them. Number one, my gifts show God's plan for my life. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works in all of them. Your spiritual gifts determine how God wants you to serve him. Once you understand what your spiritual gift is, that was given to you the moment you were saved. It answers the question, what's God's will for my life? When we offer the, the, the class, Discover Your Purpose, we go through spiritual gifts, and we've had people that have opened up to new vistas and new career paths as a result of even understanding how God has gifted them. In your gifted, if you're gifted in teaching, then you need to be a teacher. If you're gifted in organization, you need to be an organizer. If you're gifted in hospitality, then you need to be in the host ministries. If you're gifted as one who can speak wisdom, then you need to be one of the preachers. If you're gifted in, in uh, serving, then you need to be there and being willing to help. We all have these giftings and we have these abilities and we cannot fulfill God's agenda without each one of us understanding what it is that we're gifted in. Now notice the word differences, it's used three times, and it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, different kinds of services, and different kinds of working. Note those words, would you? Every gift in your life is unique. You're not to copy other people's spiritual gifts. This is a temptation of, of some Christians. It's to copy other people's Christian gifts. We come into the faith. We see so-and-so serving at the Hub Cafe, and we think, well, I guess, I guess that's what Christians do. They serve at the Hub Cafe. And that might be true for one person, but it might be true that you're to serve in host ministries. Or it might be true that you're to serve as a teacher. It might be true that you're to be in kids' ministries. Or it might be true that you been gifted and empowered in the area of tabulation and accounting, and you can help out in the area of finances. There's a variety of ways in which we can be gifted. The question is, is do we know? Are we informed as to how God has spiritually gifted us, and are we using those gifts for the common good? That is the big question of the sermon today. So it's a temptation of new Christians to copy other people, but we must do the work to discover who we are as different from the person who sits next to us. Gifts explain why Christians who believe the same things will see things even differently. Have you ever noticed that even though we believe the same, Christians can disagree a lot? It's because we see the world differently and God has actually empowered us to be diverse, to be, to be people of variety, and to see things differently. It's true in our giftedness. Some people have the gift of mercy and they're so empowered in mercy and, and they are absolutely instrumental in, in, in expressing the shepherding nature of Jesus. And then there's others who have the gift of leadership. They can literally take something that is disorganized, organize it, set a goal, set an aspiration, see the future, and move everybody in the same direction. That's the gift of leadership. We all have these gifts. Now, each of the seven spiritual gifts that were presented in a family, I just want to actually share seven spiritual gifts and give you an example how 
uh, in an incident, how each spiritual gift sort of manifests. So in a family situation, let's, let's just say that somebody drops something on the floor. Here's how the different spiritual gifts will respond to a family member who has just spilled milk or spilled dessert all over the floor. The person who has the gift of mercy says, don't feel bad, it could have happened to anyone. The person who's the preacher says, well that's what happens when you're not careful. The person who has the gift of serving says, hey, 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 let me help you clean that up. The person who has the gift of teaching says, well, the reason it fell is because it was too heavy on the one side of the plate. You had too much food stacked on that left side. Exhortation, the gift of exhortation, and these are all classic gifts mentioned in the Bible, by the way. The gift of exhortation says, next time, let's serve the dessert with the meal. Let's serve the dessert with the meal. The giving gift says, I'd be happy to buy you another dessert. The administration gift says, hey, Jim, would, would you go get the mop? Sue, would you, would you mind just picking that up? Hey, Mary, would you help fix up another plate? That's the administration gift. We're all different. We're all different, and we all respond differently to the same situation. Churches out of balance focus on one aspect of giftedness to the exclusion of others. Some people think that the most important gift is teaching, so they get into a teaching denomination. And another says that the most important gift is evangelism, so they get into an evangelism denomination. So they get into these really, really, really specific and top-heavy organizations that are functioning in one of the many gifts. For another, it's miracles, so they get into a miracle denomination. They're all important. There's a saying that goes like this, believe as I believe, no more, no less, that I am right and no one else confess. Feel as I feel, think as I think, eat as I eat and drink as I drink. Look as I look and do as I do, for then and only then will I fellowship with you. This is the motivation of denomination creation. And the beauty of being involved in a church, even like the bridge, is that we can, we can enjoy and embrace the diversity that is amongst us as God commands us to do so. God gives us many, many different gifts. Have you ever read a Christian biography and felt guilty? How come I can pray, or how come he can pray for 10 hours and I can barely put 15 to 20 minutes in on my knees. There's just some people that have been given the gift of intercession. And it's not a very popular gift, by the way, but some people have the gift of intercession where they literally can be on their knees for hours and hours every single day. We have people at the bridge with the gift of intercession. There's this diversity, right? So my gifts also speak to my self-worth or to my worth. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, all of you form the one body of Christ and each one is a separate and necessary part of it. You must never come to church thinking that you're just a cog in the wheel. You must never think that you're here and it's a meaninglessness 
as to your being here. The Bible tells us that you are an incredibly important part of the overall working and the common good of we who are called the bridge. You are absolutely essential. You're essential. And and God speaks to that and says, look, every single one of us is a necessary part of what God is wanting to do through any one church. God designed you to make a unique contribution. You're not gifted by accident. God wants you to do something with it. God is incredibly intentional in terms of how he has shaped you and put you together. The third thing that I shared with you earlier was that my gifts are the key for the source of fulfillment in my life. This issue of fulfillment comes as I function in my giftedness. Every human being has the desire to be used by God or to be a part of the team. Every human being has the desire to accomplish something, to feel significant, to feel like your life makes an impact. When you use the spiritual gift that God has given you, you're not only productive because God's gifted you to do something, but you also hopefully are enjoying it. This is what God means for you, is that you enjoy the employment of the gift that he has given you. Notice in John chapter 15, verses 8 and 11, it says, This is how my Father's glorified in your becoming fruitful and productive in being my disciples. I've told you this so that you can share in my joy and that my joy might be made complete. And he's saying it's as you serve and it's as you fulfill God's purpose that literally the joy of God is increased. The word for gift and the word for joy actually comes from the same Greek word. And you find real joy by being what God means for you to be as it would relate to your spiritual gifts. So spiritual gifts, the Bible says, are given to help other people. God gives me something so that I can bless you. That's the idea. I've been blessed with a gift, but I've been blessed in such a way that it's meant for the common good. Nothing compares to knowing that God gave me a gift and that the gift that he given me, has given me is blessing the people who are around me. What does God want me to do with my gift? Let's go there for just a minute. If that's why it's so important, what does God want me to do with my gifts? He wants you, first of all, to discover your gift. We talk about it here at the bridge. We, we do the four Ds. And the four Ds are discover it, develop it, deploy it, and then finally, let's debrief about it. Discover your gift, develop your gift, deploy your gift, that means use it, and then finally, let's debrief. Let's talk as a team about how your gift is impacting and the fruitfulness thereof. So we talk about that here at the bridge. So first of all, discover it. The Bible says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So we at the bridge, our whole connection team is set up in such a way that we are in the process of discovering who's gifted at what. It's part of their responsibility. And how do we we discover our spiritual gifts? In two ways. Number one, by examining, and number two, by experimenting. 
by examining. So study the gifts. There's some 20 of them mentioned in the Bible, and even beyond that, there are even more, but study the idea of giftedness and the idea of empowerment in the Spirit. Study those gifts and see if you can locate where you might be, but then begin to experiment. Use that gift in the context of the church, and you'll find out very quickly what it is that God has given you and what he hasn't given you. What he hasn't given you. So you might, you, might, you might be working in the hospitality part of the bridge, and then you might find out that that's not really how God has put you together. You don't mind serving. You don't mind helping. But it's not the place that gives you the greatest joy. And the only way you can actually learn that is by actually volunteering and experiencing it. And we have this fluidity, if I might use that term, this fluidity here at the bridge whereby we just ask people to experiment, but you're not going to get pigeonholed. And you might start out in host ministries, but you might move on to videography. You might move on to something to do with technology. You might move on to the worship team. I don't know. But you might start somewhere, and that might be a stepping stone to where you might be even more fulfilled as time passes. So, the discovery process. Secondly, the developmental process. So we develop it. And the second thing we do is we develop it after what we have discovered it. And 1 Timothy 4.14 says, don't neglect the spiritual gift that is in you. So that word neglect, a lot of you already know what you're good at. You know how God's gifted you, but you're not using it for God's glory. We neglect the gift that God has given us when we're not using it to build his kingdom. In 2 Timothy 1.6, it says, fan into flame the gift that God has given you. That's Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy was a timid sort. And oftentimes in ministry, he found himself uh, up against some conflictive situations. And instead of using his gifts with boldness, he found himself shrinking. He found himself being less than God had created him to be. And the Apostle Paul, who definitely has the gift of exhortation, comes to Timothy and he says, Timothy, fan into flame that gift that God has given you. He wouldn't let him shrink. He wouldn't let him become less just because it was uncomfortable. Paul rode Timothy saying, look, I see his gift in you. I'm not going to let you shy away from expressing it fully. And so Paul is just right on Timothy in that regard. So we need to develop it. And thankfully, we have people in our lives, and we have pastors, and we have other key volunteer leads that can help you in discovering your gift and say, you know what I see God doing in your life? I just see you have this unbelievable gift of teaching. Like, you do it so naturally. You're always explaining things. Have you ever thought about using that gift in our church context? This is what we are meant to do. We're meant to actually help each other develop the gifts that we're given. And then finally, deploy it. The third thing God wants us to do is actually use our gift. And in 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each one should use whatever spiritual gift he has received to serve others, faithfully managing God's grace in its various forms. Faithfully managing God's grace in its various forms. So God wants us to use it And the church is the place to discover, develop, and deploy 
your gift. So when I look at this, I think of the God's plan is incredibly brilliant. It's brilliant. God's plan is this. Everyone will get a spiritual gift if you're, if you're a Christian so that everybody can contribute. Everyone's important. Nobody feels insignificant so that we all function together like a symphony. And I'll give every Christian a spiritual gift, God says, so that every person can be a partner in what I'm doing in the community of Markham and beyond. Some people know how to raise money. Some people know how to teach. Some people how to organize anything. Some people are absolutely like the first aid people of a church where they can see someone hurting from across the atrium and they're like a beeline to that person and they just sense and they feel that something's going on, something's not right. They take them aside and say, hey, are you okay? Some people are gifted over here in the prayer room and they're, they're able to receive you and to say, hey, what's going on and can we pray about that together? There's so many different gifts that God has given and it's as each one of us discover and become empowered in our gifts that the church becomes greater and greater in its influence in the community. Right now there's hundreds of people here at the bridge who have discovered their gift and are actively involved in ministry. Hundreds. Many of them are behind the scenes and you'll never even know what they're doing or how they're going about it. But they are what makes this church run to the benefit of everyone here this morning. I'm so appreciative of each and every one of you for your faithfulness in discovering what it is that God has caused you or sort of, not caused it, but created you to be. And your spiritual gifts is, is you believing that when Jesus Christ came into your heart, he has empowered you to do something on a spiritual level. God has empowered you to do something on behalf of the kingdom in the context of the church and for the community. God has gifted you. It's part of your faith journey. It's one thing to believe in Jesus, but I'm asking you today, do you also believe that his spirit lives within you and that that very spirit, according to scripture, has gifted you? And how are you doing with that gift? Are you employing it? Are you using it? Are you, are you doing something on behalf of Christ at the bridge and in the community with that giftedness that is yours? I want you to pray with me, would you? Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you. We're so thankful, so grateful for how it is that you build this beautiful church. We're so blessed to be a part of it. I'm always walking around in wonder, God, as to how you have brought the right person at the right time who has the right heart and the right spirit and the right set of gifts in order to move us in the right direction. You are sovereign. Your Bible tells us that your spirit determines these things. I rest in that. As a leader here at the bridge, I rest in the Holy Spirit's ability to empower, to determine, to design, to gift. I believe, God, that you by your spirit have given us everything we need to fulfill your will and to build your kingdom. 
I pray that everyone today would feel challenged to discover their spiritual gift and in the discovery to deploy it and to develop it. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. I just wanna say to you that as we go to worship once again and as people are gonna be using their gifts to lead you for your common good in worship, I just wanna say to you that there is a, a gift profiling tool that is on our website. We're loading up our website. You can go to where it says sermons or teaching and we're loading it up week by week by week we're, as we're teaching on each one of the, the shape profiles, we're putting up some profiling tools and some things that can help you with further study throughout the week. Last week I asked you to read or to actually watch The Jesus Revolution. I don't know how many of you did it, but a very powerful, powerful movie about how a church was sort of calcified and no longer impactful, but God brought a diversity of people and they were open and God did something miraculous and it changed the church in America. God wants to do something in all of our lives as we are no longer non-informed, but informed about the Spirit and how the Spirit absolutely empowers the church for doing amazing things. Anyway, access those things, would you please, on our website and uh, continue to investigate your shape. God bless you as you continue to worship this morning.